guys, welcome to the Freedom Men's Podcast. I'm Sterling and this is Pastor Kyle and we're so glad that you're yes. here today. We're going to be talking about sharing your faith in the workplace. What are you laughing about? You. <laughs> is it the jacket? It's the Sherpa jacket, isn't it? This is the one that you licked that one time in staff meeting. You remember that? No, we can't say this. Yes, we can Start totally over. say this. No, we're not starting no over. Licky, no, licky, This is the one. We're not getting rid of this. This one's so good. No, you licky, licky. This. Listen, if you're watching this or listening to this on Spotify or Apple, uh, then just know there is a, a video version of this that you can watch both on Spotify and YouTube, and we'd love to have you watch that, but you can see this jacket. This is the one that uh, I got okay, okay, just okay. destroyed for in staff meeting. Listen, we can cut again. <laughs> We can make fun of the jacket as some fun, uh-huh. but I'm not going to sit on here and say licky, licky three or four times. <laughs> I didn't say that. No, I did. <laughs> Get it. Okay. All right. Here we go. We'll start it over again. You ready? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Men's Podcast. We are so glad that you are here. I'm uh, with Pastor Kyle here, and my name is Sterling. We're back again. This is episode number four. Episode number four. Yes. This is a big deal. This is a huge is deal. a big milestone? I mean, most people would have already quit after two. That's true. Those are the statistics. So we've doubled the statistics. We're also in the top 1% of podcasts ever recorded. Game changers. <laughs> Pretty soon there's going to be reality shows about our lives. Oh, man. All that fun stuff. I don't, want, I don't want a reality show about my life. My life is way more boring than I, I think a reality show should be. Okay, we're talking today about sharing your faith in the workplace and uh, lifestyle and reputation and, and influence and things like that. It's going to be a good one, but why don't you kind of talk to us, Pastor Kyle, for just a second about what is the workplace? Yeah, I, define th- that. I think when we're talking about spirituality and workplace, we first have to define workplace, right? Right, yes. Not everyone works at Freedom Church. Right. You know, up here at Freedom Church, we got Gaither music playing all the time. <laughs> the squirrels right outside my window show up every day and they press my pants ants, you know, what? and then the birds, the birds up in the trees, they're chirping, you know, all the 16 fundamentals of the assemblies of God. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just like a perfect <laughs> paradise. No one cusses, no one smoking marijuana, but you go over to Coca-Cola, oh, you go up the street and work for Toyota, yeah. you go to the Ford house across town yeah. and it's not the perfect Christian yeah. scenario. So how do we as men be spiritual in a non-spiritual environment. That's true, yeah. So those workplaces, you're going to uh, be tested on if you're going to have integrity. Yeah. Are you going to tell the truth? Are you going to do shady deals? Yeah. Are you going to flirt or be inappropriate with the opposite sex? Are you going to join in the late night alcohol trip? Are you going to join in those business trips where there are seedy things going on? Right, yeah. And so we have to really define that and how in that work environment, which most people work in, they don't work at Freedom Church. Yeah. How do you be spiritual in those moments? I think talking about your faith, it, it has to be something that is kind of part of you. Yeah. So to kind of get started, maybe what's the last thing that you did or you watched or you listened to or things that, you, that happened in your life that you couldn't wait to share, that you couldn't wait to talk about? Non-spiritual things, but just things that went, went on in your life. Easy, man. I love talking about my family. I love talking about my son. Any chance I get to brag on his golf game. Dude, I'm bragging. I'm good. showing pictures, yes. right? Yeah. My daughter right now, she's working. She got promoted to a manager at 17 years of age. And so she closes up. She Woo! does the drawer. She, she's a leader, and she's in charge of other people. And that screams my language because that's the way I was when I was her age. Right. And so she's doing really well. And then my wife, she's like planting flowers right now and having these tulips grow in her front yard and taking on a green and thumb. And for anyone who doesn't know, Pastor Kyle's yard is a very big deal to him. Yes. And so I know her being part of that is probably very, very, you know, uh, satisfying and fun for you. It's like, yes, she's engaging in this shared activity with me and having some fun. Yeah, so I'm taking care of the grass. She's taking care of the flowers. (laughs) 
and we're just having a good marriage over here. Yeah. And I can't wait to tell people about that right, kind of yeah. stuff. So this, all of this kind of just flows out of you. And I think that talking about our faith has to kind of be like that. But yes. it, it's not always. And I think that's probably one of the barriers that we face when it comes to talking about our faith around us. So this kind of next idea or question is why why does talking about our faith make us nervous? And I'll go ahead and kind of start this. Well, well no, I, I want to okay, say it. something because you spark something right there okay. that I think is so good. The things that are around you that are close to your heart are the things you talk about the most. Yeah. And so I've noticed this in my own personal life. Whenever I'm in the Word and I'm locked into what God's saying, yeah. The more I share about what I read in Psalms yesterday, the more I share about what Second Corinthians had to say. But when I'm not in the Word as much as I should be, I'm not as active and passionate. So not just the Word, but even what's happening in church yeah. or what's happening in our men's breakfast. Or yeah. when those things are rolling, yes. people are talking. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when I listen to audiobooks on my way to work. And if you're listening only to leadership books or only uh, about a certain topic— and you're not reading your Bible or you're not listening to any kind of Christian books yep. or anything like that, then you're thinking about those leadership principles, yep. which is a good thing, but that's what's flowing out. Yeah. yeah. Hey, perfect example. The Super Bowl was a couple of months ago, right? right? And what did everyone talk about first thing Monday morning after the Super Bowl on Sunday night? That they missed Tom Brady. No. Oh, not the that. Super Bowl, the <laughs> halftime show. Can you believe that catch? Can you believe that the team won, yeah. whatever their favorite team was? Right. They're talking about because why? It's the closest thing to their heart because everybody in America watches the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's just on our on the tips of our our tongues. Tongue, yep. Yeah. And and so but but when it comes to even okay even if you did read your Bible a whole lot, let's say that was the benchmark, right? Then even if you did, still talking about your faith can be nerve-wracking. It can be almost impossible, especially in today's culture. So uh, I think for me, a few of these different barriers, why I have felt nervous about sharing my faith, as crazy as this, as this sounds, even in church. Yeah. Sometimes sharing your own faith to someone in a small group that you know doesn't have that same background of church, yes. with, of church as you. So if it's that way at church, it's so much more everywhere else when church isn't on everyone's mind. But a few different things, barriers that I would even say have kind of kept me from sharing my faith in different moments is, I think, what would I say? What exactly should I say? And I'm kind of a perfectionist, so I get nervous. Uh, what if I sound stupid? Yep. Am I even sure that I believe what I'm saying? You know, there's some doubts and questions sometimes. Or maybe, will I make people mad by saying that this is exactly how it is? Because maybe they believe something else, and you're saying you're wrong. Yep. Just implying that almost. And so... I think each one of these kinds of barriers has, has its own set of challenges. But for me, the bottom line is that when I know I'm talking about something as important as faith, I want to sound confident and smart, and I, I, I want to know what I'm talking about. And if I don't feel that way sometimes, then I might as well just stay quiet. And for me, I think that's a lot of the reason why I do get nervous about sharing my faith sometimes. Yeah, and I think uh, a good foundation for sharing your faith is, I, I love what an old preacher said one time. He said, preach the gospel and use words when necessary. Yeah, right. So I think we preach not just with our words, but with our actions, our lifestyle, yeah. our character. Yes. So people are going to look at us and say, I want to be a husband like you, Sterling. I want to be a father like right. you, Sterling. Right. I want to make decisions like you. Hey, Sterling, I noticed in the workplace, your whole world was spinning. There's lots of drama at home, but you kept a cool head in the middle of a hot storm. Yeah. So I think we can witness and share our faith in the workplace without even using words. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. But at the same time, God did call us. And I, I, I've had people use that as an excuse. My actions speak louder than my words, so I don't have to use my words. Right. No, 
God and Jesus Christ called us to open our mouths and share the gospel, to tell his story. And so I think what's happening in our world, to answer your question, why are we so nervous? Because we're afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of the politically correct world we're living in, yeah. the PC world as some people call it. And so what our world is telling us now is that you can be a Christian, but stay in your box, yeah. stay in your corner. And you Muslims stay in your corner, right. and you Catholics stay in your corner, and you Christians stay in your corner. And if you all just stay in your corners and don't blend together, yeah. then it'll be one big happy place. Yeah. So basically, shut your mouth. Yeah. Leave faith out of whatever it is that we're doing. Yes. Which we've seen all over our culture, and we've talked about that to the nth degree. Yeah, and if you do open your mouth in today's culture, then you're a radical. Yeah. And and you're over the top. Like, what is wrong with you for telling somebody about Jesus? Right, and that's drilled into us. Yes. And so you don't want to kind of open up in this, which is why I think living that life and being that influencer first— and I, I think anyone could agree that once you have that reputation, okay, heard a story this morning, totally separate from anything that we were thinking before. Heard a story about Mother Teresa. Yes. And how she was talking in front of a, a massive crowd of, of over, I think, a thousand uh, political leaders at the United Nations uh, World Summit and was speaking. And she said a lot of different controversial statements, but she said a, a long monologue about how abortion was one of the most critical things that's ruining our culture today and she said that and this was years ago but after about a second there it was dead silence and then there was a roaring applause but there were a lot of people and and where i was reading this and noted a few major people um like some of the presidents and vice presidents of that time and they were silent they didn't clap they didn't cheer but anyone else that would have said that that didn't have the clout, that didn't have the reputation as Mother Teresa, yep. would have had met it. They, that crowd would have met them with hostility. Yeah, cancel culture. Yes, but because it was Mother Teresa, yep. and she was such a leader and, and had given her whole life and was such a, a great influence on culture, she was able to say those yeah, things. because of and her influence, because yes. of her character. And I think that's exactly what we're what talking about. What she done for humanity. Yes. But listen, this has been entre- in, entrenched in our kids all the way since birth. Yeah through pre-K, elementary school, yeah. to shut your mouth yeah. and not say anything. And we're living in a world exactly what you said. they got to do it right through the influence yeah. and then their it's, mouth. It's so hard. It's so hard to know so, how to do that. So here, here's a question for you. When you come to sharing your faith and telling your story, what have you seen uh, is the greatest practice of this? What are some practical ways that you share your faith? Yeah, well, one, one way that I think is it's vitally important to know they're not asking about your theology yep. when they're asking about your faith or when someone wants to you know know about your your story and your christian walks and lifestyle first peter 3:15 is one of my favorite scriptures it says always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have so we don't like i said have to know the bible 100% you don't have to know how to explain dispensational eschatology you just nope. don't i mean nope. many people have probably not even heard that before and nope. i know i don't remember it from sagu but Peter just asks you to talk about the hope that you have. It's Okay, I illustrate it this way. It's like if you go to the Grand Canyon, okay? Let's mm-hmm. say, Pastor Kyle, you take your kids and you take your wife and you go to the Grand Canyon ne- and you come home. Needed? Did you say needed? No, I need to oh, do that, by the way. You need to do that, yeah. yeah. And see uh, the Hoover Dam. Is that the yeah, right one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So you go and you come back and people ask, how was your trip? They're not asking, hey, tell me about the minerals on the canyon wall that you learned about while yes. you're there. Don't. They're not asking, tell me about the difference, the differences between the North and the South Rim yeah. and what your guidebook said about it. They're not asking about it. They're asking, what was your experience? Mm-hmm. 
Did you like it? Was it great? Yeah. Was it awful? Would you go back? Was so it, good. Was it bigger than you imagined, or was it was it greater than you could yeah. ever think? It, yeah. And you know, how did you feel in the middle of it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's ta- they're asking you not about the details of the Grand Canyon that you may think. And when they're asking you about your faith, they're not asking you to, to download uh, you know fifty memorized scriptures. They're asking how it has impacted you and your life. So honestly, yes. I would just kind of practice if if we're talking about how to practice sharing your faith. I'd practice writing down the things that are real about your faith to you. Yeah. The things that you've seen God do in your life, the, the promises that he has followed through on that you yeah. can remember. Because yeah. most people, you know, we forget. That's like the Israelites. They just always forgot. But not fabricated church talk. Things that you just hear from a, a platform or a podcast or an audio book or even from the Bible. Just these things that Paul said. Oh, well, my faith is this because Paul said it was. No, my faith is this because this is what I've experienced with God. That is sharing your own story. And for me, it's kind of like if, um, if, if so if you, God has done something for you, amazing. But also if God has done something for people that are around you. Yeah. So if it's affected your parents' marriage and saved their marriage, yes, you can yes. say that's part of your story. Yep. That God saved my parents' marriage and that affected me. Yes. And this is where I'm at. Or if you had a single mother. Yeah. And she always said, I only survived because of God. That's part of your story, like too, that. allowing that to really affect you and who you are, your trust in God, yep. your bank vault of trust in God is huge. And I, think I like that, Sarah because a lot of people, they, when it comes to sharing faith, it's always about what us and what God's done in our lives. But when we can brag on other people, yeah. I've found that it's easier to brag on other people than it is myself. Yeah. Man, look what God did in my mom. Look what God did in my friend. Look yeah. what God, He saved and redeemed those people. And that makes it easier as well yeah. on a practical side to share our faith. Yeah. One of the things we used to teach young people when I was in kind of youth ministry was to practice and write down, like you said, a little elevator speech. Two minutes. What would you say God's done in your life? Most of us have never stopped down and wrote down the five or six big things that we once were and how God changed that to what we are now. So you take that. And I always used to tell students this. When you take my story with his story, you make history with God. That's cool. I like that. My story with his story makes history with God. Yeah. I really like that a lot. When we talk about stories and we're talking about ours and other people's in the workplace specifically, yep. part of the way that I, I think gaining influence with people is caring about them, putting an interest, t- taking an interest in themselves as more than your own interests. So learning their story, learning what makes them tick, learning their pain and their experiences, their sufferings. Um, so why do you think that it's important to have kind of this attitude of maybe even humility of putting them above yourself and learning about their story? Why do you think that makes a difference? Yeah, I think it's real easy. Most of the world is operated in arrogance. And so when we can approach people in humility, it's different. Like, this is, this is a different angle. This is a different approach. Yeah. Humility is the heartbeat of heaven. It's the, the keys to heaven. Yeah. He says, come in humble, not arrogant or prideful yeah. or independent. So when you come into that, and you really just kind of come in with no agenda. Your hands are open. You're not trying to sell them anything. This is not an MLM pitch. Yeah, right. You're not trying to get something out of them. Uh, you come in and you just learn someone's story. It's the easiest way. And then out of that story, you can probably pick. Well, come on, we're Christians. We know the Word of God. We know people. You can pick two or three things in there that you key on. Maybe a bad marriage. Maybe an estranged kid. Maybe a medical issue. Yeah. You pick up on those things, and out of a humble heart, yeah. you can come in. I like to say it like this, through tears. It doesn't mean you're literally crying your eyes out. 
but it, through tears, you, people can sense the genuineness yes. of tears. Yes. And that's how I think you come in. And in the workplace, that's where we're going back to spirituality in the workplace, we make a difference by our character, yeah. people looking at who we are, and then also taking time to get to know yes. people. And who does that in the American culture? Yeah, not very many people. Not very many. Which is why it can make such a big impact. Even if it's just your neighbors, people that, you know, don't really get talked to by anybody else, whether they're a widow or some someone that isn't cared for. Yes. And maybe they grew up with a different background or maybe they grew up completely unchurched and didn't know anything about Jesus. And I think that's important. Yes. Um, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to skip to this last question or do you want to, to ask this other one that I thought was really good that we talked about? Yeah, let's ask it. Okay. Practically speaking, then let's yeah, let's kind of just bring this home and look look down that that home stretch of thir- from third base. What's something you can do this week to get to know someone and their backstory? In your opinion, what are the best ways to do this? You mentioned a few, but what are some really practical ways? Yeah, I, I, I learned this from a guy several years ago. He always kind of started every conversation. You sat down humbly with people, and you just always ask, real simple: How's your wife and family? How's your family? And number two, how's your relationship with Jesus? And that can be awkward for someone that doesn't know yeah, Jesus. Yeah. So you kind of got to couch that in a different way. But just getting to know people in the workplace. Yeah. How's your family? Because yeah. who asked that? No it's one. more like, what are your budget numbers? <laughs> uh, have you met your projected goals? Right. It's all always bottom line right. in the workplace. But if you stop, hey, how's your family? And how's your spiritual life? With a, a genuine empathy and understanding, like you really care about this question. You're not just, hey, how's your family? Yeah, and you may know people that are semi-connected to church, and you can ask that question, more of a Christian phrase. Yeah. How's your relationship with Jesus? Yeah. How are things going at church? But also, if they're not, then you could couch it in a different way. Man, how, how's your you know, life? How's purpose? How, yeah. are, you, are you happy? Yeah. Um, those type questions that I believe the Holy Spirit gives you in the moment— to help prick and prod to get them to where you yeah, want them to be. That's really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, I don't really How do I, you? How, I don't think I have a whole lot to add. I, you know, if it's someone that really doesn't want to talk, I think there are different ways to ask different questions. And not everyone, you don't have to be a psychologist or a counselor, even though I love um, counseling and really understanding people. I know that there are different types of questions. You've got open-ended, closed-ended uh, questions. You've got hypothetical. And then you have, like, strengths-based. Yep. So maybe learn what a strengths-based question is. I mean, practically, yeah, right? Yeah, um, Learn what it means to ask a question about survival. Learn what it means to ask a question about uh, their mental health or different things like that. And how to ask really good intentional questions so that they open up. Because a lot of people that don't want to talk can answer closed questions and strengths-based yeah, questions because yeah. it's talking about things that they are that's concrete. It's not very abstract. They can answer a yes or no question, and then you can continue to kind of roll it out from I there. I love it. I know it's kind of a detailed approach, but I think that helps me get to well, know people more. you said something there that I think is really key for men. You said the word intentional, and you said the word strength. Yeah. And most of us guys, we're talking to a men's podcast right. here, we're, we're going to probably stay pretty closed off throughout the day. Yeah. But this is what I know in my time spending with men is that if you're intentional about pulling into their strength, yeah. they'll open up and they will blub it out like a baby, <laughs> right? So what do I mean? I mean taking them, if they like fishing, to the lake. Yeah. And in a moment, they'll open up. They'll right. start talking about their marriage. They'll start talking about their kids. They'll right. start talking about how they're frustrated with their job. Right. If, if it's racing, they go to a, uh, with Scott Bill, F1 racing, <laughs> right? You're, you're going to take them to a fishing yeah. trip or hunting or go shoot guns or play golf, whatever yeah. that is. 
I love what Psalms 96, 2 and 3 says. It says, sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation from day to day. And so as we kind of wrap up this podcast, this is a signal for me to make sure I'm living this every day. Yeah. That in my workplace, not that I'm getting up on a table with a bullhorn or a Bible and beating somebody over the head with it. <laughs> no, no, no. My life speaks as the example and that I'm willing to have. The, it doesn't mean I have one every day, yeah. but I'm open and willing to have that conversation every day. Exactly what Psalms 96 says, day to day. And then verse 3 says, declaring his glory among the nations, yeah. his wonderful works amongst all the people. Yeah. And so for us, that's everyone. That's all colors of skin. That's all ages of life. And it's every religion. Yeah. I think sometimes we miss that, don't we? I'm kind of getting into the evangelist, Kyle, right now. <laughs> but I think we, when we see somebody in our workplace that's Muslim, we go, oh, they're Muslim. We'll, we'll leave them alone. Yeah. Or they're Buddhist or Hindu. Hey, we'll, just, we'll leave them alone. Yeah. Or they're atheists. Right. We'll leave them alone. But God says that his glory, his work, is for all nations and all people. And so for us, it's being willing to have that conversation day in and day out. I love what one old school evangelist, George Whitefield, said. He said, God forbid, this was the passion he had in his heart. God forbid that I should travel with anyone a quarter of an hour without speaking of Christ to them. Wow. It's not a very long time. 15 minutes. He said within that first 15 minutes, they better see my life, my character, my church, my faith. And if I don't, that I'm missing the mantle God's put on my life. 15 minutes. So what is that? It's a conference call. It's a text message. It's those things that pull us all in to not just tell our story, yeah. but his story and connect it to them. Yeah, that's really great. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing and, and having so much great content and great thoughts to share with us. And, and like I said, I, I really do believe that you're one of uh, the most understanding people of a lot of different types and groups of people where people are at in their lives. Uh, you're not a pastor who sits up in an ivory tower. Uh, you, uh, among everybody that I see here at Freedom, are, are kind of a different breed that you love to interact and engage with people uh, wherever they are and learn about them. And so I think that this is such a great topic for you to talk about because it's relevant. So thank you yeah, so much for being and, here. And hey, let me just tack on one thing before you close this sure, out. Yeah. And everybody gets back to their normal lives. Uh, for me, the biggest moments of sharing my faith and being spiritual in the workplace are on the sidelines at my daughter's soccer games. They're on the fairways of my son's golf tournaments. They're in the everyday moments of my life that I can share my faith and let people know what God's done in me and who he really is. And so we just have to be aware of that. Yeah, and it's taking the opportunity in all of those moments, as awkward as it may be, but being ready to share your faith at any time and to declare his word day yeah. by day yeah i love it man. hey can i can i pray please over every one of these men right now watching this podcast that god would use them in the workplace i think this is missing this, this podcast sterling is so important because it's missing in our culture yeah. culture said keep it to yourself so father right now in the name of jesus i pray over every man watching this podcast that you give them the strength and the boldness to step up for their faith. Lord, that number one, their lives would be an example. Their lives would be a lighthouse for people to look to on how to be a a husband, how to be a man of God, how to be a great father. And Lord, out of that example, they would then have the courage to open their mouths and share their story with your story. Father, may it all be done for your excellent name and may your name be declared, as Psalms 96 says, among the nations and to all people. Do it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. That's great. Thank you so much, and thank you for being a part. We'd love for you to check out the resources that are in the email. Anything that we can do to help out and connect and make this relevant and real for you, we'd love to do that. So thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you next time.